This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, December 29th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, public health updates COVID isolation guidance, gondola system takes a Christmas break, a look back, heritage stories, and a mountain weather forecast. San Miguel County is updating its public health guidance when it comes to COVID isolation and quarantine. The change moves the county in line with recent updates from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The CDC um, has updated their guidance um, to address just how widespread the Omicron variant is, how hard it is to maintain um, 10 full days of isolation, and then the risks Um, and other mitigation tactics um, for people to end isolation earlier. And so with that, um, these shifts are based off of the fact that masking is really um, an adequate protection for those if done properly um, after the initial um, infectious period and um, higher viral load period. That's San Miguel County Public Health Director Grace Franklin speaking at a Board of County Commissioners meeting on Wednesday. Under the new guidelines, anyone who tests positive for COVID, regardless of vaccination status, must isolate for five full days. They are then allowed to leave isolation, but must still maintain strict mask use for another five days. Franklin says the new guidance won't be 100% effective when it comes to preventing spread, but she adds perfect is the enemy of the good. With this too, I would caution um, that it's not... um, a a get out of jail free card where people can go out and about daily, daily business, um, but to be mindful um, to not be taking off masks around others, to avoid interactions with highly vulnerable populations in the case that um, the person is still um, infectious. The new guidelines also change the rules for quarantine when someone is a close contact. If an individual has been boosted or completed their um, Pfizer or Moderna vaccine series within the last six months, or J&J vaccine within the last two months. Um, They do not need to quarantine, but needs to wear a mask around others for 10 days and get a test on day five if possible. Unvaccinated individuals or those who have not been boosted, who are close contacts, must stay home for five days and wear a mask for five additional days and get tested on day five if possible. With the shift in guidelines and an Omicron surge across the county, state, and nation, Franklin says there is still no need for more restrictive public health orders, but San Miguel County will maintain its mask mandate. Maintaining a mask order, I think, is an effective approach and um, hopefully will minimize any um, stigma of other individuals wearing masks um, while coming out of quarantine or isolation. Roughly 400 county residents are currently positive with COVID and there are hundreds of outstanding tests. But Franklin says it's a balancing act between public health and economics. I think it's going to get worse over the next few weeks, but um, we all have to um, weigh our own risk tolerance and um, measures to protect each other and um, our staff. At the same time, Governor Jared Polis says Colorado has the resources it needs to weather the latest wave of coronavirus infections. The state health department will distribute up to 3 million surgical masks to school districts as students return from holiday break. And Polis says young, fully vaccinated Coloradans should feel pretty comfortable going out for New Year's celebrations. 
despite the more contagious variant. You have a high risk of getting it if you go out. Uh, obviously, that risk is reduced a bit if you wear a mask. But as long as you're fully vaccinated, hopefully with all three doses, the risk of you getting severely sick from the Omicron variant are very, very small. Meanwhile, the state is waiting to see how the recent spike in cases will affect hospital capacity. The statewide patient count was 50 percent lower this week than it was a month ago, but health officials are expecting an increase as soon as this week because of holiday gatherings. Locally, COVID testing is available Monday through Friday across San Miguel. Registration is available at sanmiguelcountyco.gov slash coronavirus. Those trying to get from Telluride to Mountain Village via gondola ran into some trouble over the weekend. Large portions of the transit system were closed on December 25th and 26th due to technical issues. You know, we had this this issue that kind of was popping up the weeks leading up to our ultimate failure. And there were some pieces in, that had been replaced that we thought we were feeling like we had got it. Everything was pointing towards an issue that we thought was with the power supply. And so kind of we're going down that path and found a couple things that needed to be swapped. Had all those dealt with, thought we were feeling good. Um, and then uh, Christmas day, Christmas morning, the the lift didn't power up on that station. The main line was still able to power up, but station four uh, wouldn't power up. That's Connor Intamin, gondola maintenance manager. Station four is the gondola station in the village center. Intamin says the gondola crew jumped into action, trying to troubleshoot the issue. But even the equipment used to help troubleshoot wasn't helping. The main problem is normally when the gondola stops, it's enunciated on the, the screen what the problem is. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's an easy fix, but at least you know where to go. In this case, it was a hardware failure upstream of our screen. So it was just giving us an error code that said fatal error. And that didn't, that didn't really help us at all. We had to just physically go through and follow every single wire and make sure they were all still connected and did that through the whole station. And it was four or five guys just, climbing around trying to find where the loose wire is. Throughout the day, he notes the gondola was in a pattern of starting and stopping. On Christmas Day at 5 o'clock, we thought we had had it. We had found a bad contact. We replaced that and the lift cleared and everything was good. The program was good and we started up when we were running. And then at 7.45, it tripped us out again and showed that same fatal error. That's when they called in the big guns and had a Doppelmeyer representative drive through the night from Salt Lake City to assist. Doppelmeyer is the manufacturer of the gondola. And together, the team started to recognize a pattern. Whenever there's a stop, whether it's for a passenger assist, where there's, they press in a normal stop and it slows, or an emergency stop where a sensor detects something that's out of whack, that has a slightly different speed of deceleration. And when we were having this issue, we were just getting a stop like that. So... Um, we started to see that whenever it happened, it was happening in the same, the cabins in the terminal were in the same place, which suddenly leads us right to the only way that can happen is if a grip's being flagged in one exact spot, and then the stop sequence starts. A gondola technician found a loose wire on a safety sensor. So all of a sudden, once we found it, we were stopping in the same place, that sensor was loose. The Doppelmeyer tech said, that one is actually in a strange place in the ladder logic. 
suddenly started to put the picture together for us. And then using our cameras, we were able to actually go back through and watch every single stop that we knew was that failure and see that they stopped in the exact same place. So um, putting that in, getting a new sensor in there, wires, we were able to uh, feel really confident that we had finally gotten to the bottom of it. And it literally took touching every single wire to get to that moment. And just like that, 32 hours later, the gondola was back in business. Intamin notes passengers were never in danger due to the issue. It wasn't a safety concern. It was so much more of a reliability concern that is the reason that we closed down. We don't want to have, especially when it's night and the temperatures dip down to single digits, we don't want to have people out on the line. He points to a collective effort from the San Miguel Authority for Regional Transportation, Telluride Express, and Telski to help move people from Mountain Village to Telluride and back while the gondola was closed. While not ideal circumstances, Intamin notes the close reminds how impressive the gondola actually is. It's such an amazing system that we take for granted. And I think when incidents like this happen, you really see how it just keeps gobbling up people and moving them from one side to the other. Uh, no matter what's happening, raining, snowing, windy, it's moving people from town to the other side and vice versa. And when it stops and all of a sudden you have a bus that has to take the people around, it really magnifies that the fact that it's just quietly doing this. He adds it's the gondola team's top priority to keep it running. You know, all the guys in the gondola maintenance department take pride in keeping this thing going and trying, you know, through all the late night hours of, when the lift shuts down and jumping in and greasing bow wheels and changing tires and doing all that to continue to have our reliability as, uh, as good as can be, it's, it's a big part of our job. And so we all take it personally. And when the lift's not running and we see people come up and we don't have the answer and we're trying as hard as we can to get it running, it's, it's tough. But we just hope that people understand that we don't take it lightly and it's, it's what we're here for is to try and keep this thing running and and get people from one side to the other safely. The gondola fully reopened at 5 p.m. on December 26th. In a letter to the community, Jim Loby, Director of Transportation for Mountain Village, notes as the gondola continues to age, the community can expect to face similar challenges from the system. But he notes with dedicated staff, he's confident they're up to the task. As 2021 draws to a close, KOTO News is looking back and rerunning some of the big stories of the last year. Today, we're rewinding to June. In honor of Immigrant Heritage Month, KOTO partnered with Tri-County Health Network to produce a series of heritage stories, looking at some of the immigrants who make the Telluride region what it is. One of those people was Andres Jacinto Alonso. Here's Andres telling his story in Spanish. Antonio Alonso reads it in English. Mi nombre es Andrés Jacinto Alonso. Yo soy de un pueblo que se llama San Mateo Ixtatán, Guatemala. Yo soy de origen maya. Mi primer idioma es mayachú y también hablo el español y el inglés. My name is Andrés Jacinto Alonso. I am from a town called San Mateo Ixtatán, Guatemala. I am of Mayan origin. My first language is mayachú and I also speak Spanish and English. Creo que hay algo en común entre los inmigrantes y del por qué emigran. ¿Qué serían razones económicas, sociales y políticas de nuestro país? Por ejemplo, en Centroamérica, donde la mayoría de nuestros gobernantes son corruptos, 
Por ejemplo, en mi país, Guatemala, es muy difícil que uno estudie y termine su educación superior. I think there is something in common between immigrants and why they emigrate, which could be for economic, social, and political reasons. For example, in Central America, most leaders are corrupt. In Guatemala, it is very difficult for someone to study and finish higher education. In my case, gracias al apoyo de mis padres, yo pude terminar la secundaria y el diversificado. Yo vengo de una familia de siete y cuando terminé mi diversificado, yo quería seguir estudiando y graduarme de la universidad. Uno de mis sueños y de mis papás era que nosotros fuéramos doctores porque en ese entonces el pueblo no contaba con el acceso a cuidados médicos. In my case, thanks to the support of my father, I was able to finish high school and some additional schooling. I come from a family of seven. And when I finished high school, I wanted to continue studying and graduate from a university. One of mine and my parents' dream were for us to become doctors because at the time, the town did not have access to medical care. En mi pueblo no hay educación superior. Debes salir e ir a la ciudad para poder continuar tus estudios. Yo estaba estudiando en Huehuetenango, la ciudad, después de haber obtenido una beca que me ayudó a cubrir a la mitad de mis gastos. Durante este tiempo, mis hermanos y mis hermanas estaban estudiando. Entonces, mi papá no podía cubrir los gastos del hogar y de los estudios. Por el bien de mi familia, decidí salirme de mis estudios y venir a los Estados Unidos para trabajar y ayudarles a mis papás para cubrir los gastos de los estudios secundarios y universitarios de mis hermanos. En mi ciudad, no hay no acceso educación. You must get out and move to the city in order to continue your studies. I was studying in Huehuetenango after having obtained a scholarship that helped me cover half of my expenses. During this time, my brother and sister were also studying, so my father could not cover the expenses of the home and the studies. For the sake of my family, I decided to leave my studies and come to the United States to work and help my parents to cover the expenses of high school and university for my siblings. Así fue que llegué a los Estados Unidos en el año 2003, empezando a trabajar y apoyar económicamente a mi familia como lo había prometido desde un principio. Mi hermano mayor ahora es cirujano y cada dos semanas viaja a mi pueblo para atender las necesidades de la gente. Tengo otro hermano de 30 años y él será pronto cirujano. Tengo una hermana que tiene su propio negocio, otra que es psicóloga, una hermana también que está tratando de abrir una panadería en mi pueblo. Ella terminó sus estudios y vino a Telluride con una, con una visa de trabajo. Todo esto fue posible gracias al apoyo de Jerry Green. So that is how I came to the United States in 2003 and started to work and financially support my family, as I had promised from the beginning. My older brother is now a surgeon, and every two weeks he travels to my hometown to attend to the needs of our people. I have another 30-year-old brother, and he will soon be a surgeon. I have a sister who has her own business, another who is a psychologist, and a sister who is trying to open a bakery in my town. She finished her studies and came to tell you right on a work visa. All of this was possible thanks to the support of Jerry Green. Jerry ayudó mucho a la comunidad latina y es muy importante para mí que el pueblo reconozca su apoyo. Jerry fue uno de los líderes de esta comunidad que apoyó a los latinos y yo siempre he dicho que personas como Jerry tienen un lugar especial en el cielo. Jerry ayudó a traer a una de mis hermanas y aquella pudo aprender 
y practicar lo que ella estudió. Jerry helped the Latino community a lot, and it is very important to me that the people recognize his support. Jerry was one of the leaders of this community that supports Latinos, and I have always said that people like Jerry have a special place in heaven. Jerry helped bring one of my sisters to the U.S., and here she was able to learn and practice what she had studied. Por razones políticas yo no pude regresar a mi país, pero me da mucho gusto y orgullo saber que por mis sacrificios mis hermanos sacaron sus carreras y el sueño de mi papá se está cumpliendo. For political reasons, I cannot return to my country, but it gives me great pleasure and pride to know that because of my sacrifices, my siblings completed their career and my father's dream is being fulfilled. Aprovechando el mes de la herencia del inmigrante, tenemos la oportunidad de celebrarlo todos, porque de una o de cualquier forma, todos somos inmigrantes en este país. Ahora más que nunca, los inmigrantes somos el poderoso motor que continúa el desarrollo sostenible de los Estados Unidos. Los inmigrantes vienen en este país para una mejor vida y en búsqueda del sueño americano. Los inmigrantes forman parte esencial de la estructura económica de este país. We should take advantage of Immigrant Heritage Month and celebrate it because in one way or another we are all immigrants in this country. Now more than ever, immigrants are the powerful engine that continues the sustainable development of the U.S. Immigrants come to this country for a better life and in search of the American dream. Immigrants are an essential part of the economic structure of this country. Simplemente en este pueblo sería muy difícil que los restaurantes, hoteles y áreas de esquí pueda seguir saliendo adelante. Los inmigrantes estamos acostumbrados a trabajar. Yo conozco a personas en este pueblo que luego trabajan hasta 16 horas al día. Nosotros los inmigrantes somos fundamental para el pueblo de Telluride. Muchos de mis paisanos llegan muy jóvenes y aprovechan el tiempo para estudiar y trabajar. Sé que cada uno de nosotros tenemos grandes historias que contar, historias bonitas, aventuras, los obstáculos que enfrentamos a diario en este gran país. Simply in this time, it will be very difficult for restaurants, hotels, and ski areas to operate. Immigrants are used to working hard. I know people in this town who work up to 16 hours a day. We immigrants are fundamental to the people of Telluride. Many men from my country arrive very young and take advantage of the time to study and work. I know that each of us have great stories to tell, beautiful stories, adventures we go through, or the obstacles we face every day in this great country. To hear all of the heritage stories from earlier this year, head to koto.org and click on Heritage Stories under the News tab. Rising COVID cases have put a damper on some of the end-of-year festivities. Earlier this week, the town of Telluride announced the cancellation of its Main Street New Year's Eve celebration, but the Telluride Ski Resort is moving ahead with its annual New Year's Eve torchlight parade. Parades will be visible from both sides of the resort as ski and snowboard school instructors glide down the mountain with torches to light the slopes. The New Year's Eve torchlight parade kicks off at 6.30 p.m. on Friday, followed shortly after by fireworks, which are best viewed from Mountain Village. A new photo can really brighten up a wall. 
and this week the Telluride Arts District is giving many photos away for free. The Art District's current exhibit, Telluride Outlaws Exposed in Ingrid's Dark Room, features proof prints and exposure strips taken by photographer Ingrid Lundahl between 1978 and the 2000s. Individuals are invited to stop by the Arts District headquarters and browse the collection and take home a print of their own, plucking it right off the wall. The Telluride Outlaw exhibit runs through December 30th. Recent snowstorms have given a huge boost to snowpack throughout the Rocky Mountains. Snow in Colorado and Wyoming eventually turns into water that supplies 40 million people across the southwest. Becky Bollinger is Colorado's assistant state climatologist. I feel very good about where we are now, and I feel a lot better than where we were three weeks ago at this time. This isn't the end of the story, and, and we need to keep seeing more. Snowpack totals are on the rise around the rest of the Colorado River Basin as well, with most of Utah and Nevada also climbing above average. A new state law taking effect January 1st will give sexual abuse survivors in Colorado a new opportunity to take their abusers to court. KOTO's Scott Franz has more. Child sex assault victims with cases dating as far back as six decades can sue their abusers, as well as the institutions that failed to stop it or warn the public. Democratic Senator Jesse Danielson sponsored the measure. She says removing the previous statute of limitations on such cases was long overdue. We've been failing the survivor community. We've had opportunities to provide them with measures that would assist them in healing and justice for 20 and 30 years now. The new law gives all survivors of abuse that occurred between 1960 and the new year until 2025 to file their cases. Researchers at the state capitol estimated there may be more than 300 complaints of sexual misconduct involving youth in state programs during that time. I'm Scott Franz at the State Capitol. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a 70% chance of snow showers tonight with a low around 15 degrees. Thursday calls for snow showers with a high near 30 degrees during the day and a low around 20 at night. Winds could gust as high as 35 miles per hour. 2 to 5 inches of snow accumulation is possible. Friday expects snow showers with a high near freezing. Friday night calls for snow showers with a low around 5. There is a winter storm warning in effect through Friday. This has been the news for Wednesday, December 29th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Hey there, Koto listeners. It's Sarah Holbrook here, the executive director of the Pinhead Institute, bringing STEM education to rural southwestern Colorado. Thanks for listening. Hey, so we have some happy science news and some sad science news today. And um, to report for us on the sad science news is my own kind of sciencey daughter, Kitty Holbrook. Kitty Holbrook, what's the sad news? The sad news is that esteemed biologist E.O. Wilson died on Boxing Day at age 92. That's a good long life, though. What was he known for? Um, he was known for studying ants in particular, I'm pretty sure, and yeah. for being a really good science communicator. Science communication! That's what it's all about, isn't it, Kitty Holbrook? Um, I also have my fabulous nephew here, Philip Allison, and he's going to tell you about the happy news in science. Philip, what happened on Christmas morning? 
the new James Webb telescope was launched. There you go. The new James Webb telescope was launched. And that's a huge, huge deal. Uh, Penn had even talk, uh, taught a class on the James Webb space um, telescope. It's, I think, three times broader than the Hubble and many, many more times um, specific than the Hubble. So it's looking for, I think, signs of the Big Bang, uh, big bang and all that. It's going to be amazing. Um, so I'm so happy that you're all listening to my science report here. And I'm hoping that you're thinking as the year closes out of supporting Pinhead. I just made um, calls to all 32 new interns in our Pinhead intern class. Uh, that's what I've been doing for the last two days. It's been very exciting. Um, and we have kids who are interested in all sorts of things. Everything from aerospace engineering and biology to biomimicry. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Oh, I can't wait to tell you more about it as the weeks and months move forward. Um, right now, I hope you're all staying safe, but if you feel a little bit charitable towards Pinhead, please open up a browser, type in pinheadinstitute.org, click on donate, and you can donate via PayPal or buy a credit card uh, before the end of the year would be great, but at any time is also um very much appreciated. Uh, we have a tiny little budget, and I think we do a lot with that, including teaching robotics um, classes all throughout Southwestern uh, Colorado. Um, and we actually had three teams this year that made it to the state competitions in robotics. Uh, and we also have a high school team uh, that's going to be going to qualifiers in the month of January. So we need, of course, as always, a lot of support to make all of these things happen at no cost to the kids who are doing them. So think of Pinhead for your year-end giving, pinheadinstitute.org. There's a donate button on every single page of our website. Um, and I hope you all have a happy and safe uh, holiday and that you are all looking forward to 2022. Signing off, Sarah Holbrook for the Pinhead Institute. Thanks so much. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at Cuddo. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.